0: This is the Christian Circle Podcast and you're listening to Pamela Fernandez, where we have conversations about Christian living. Here's the show. Good evening. Welcome to a new episode of the Christian Circle Podcast. Today we have uh, Charles Johnston, who's back with us and he's going to talk to us about RCIA, which is the rite of Christian initiation of adults in the Catholic Church. So, Charles, tell people a little bit about yourself and your ministry first.
1: My name is Charles Johnston, like Pamela said, and uh, I run. I have a website uh, nowthatimcatholic.com, dot and I'm also very active on uh, Facebook. And now that I'm Catholic on Facebook, uh, I am a uh, an adult convert to the Church, and I actually went through the RCIA process. Uh, I see it's like six years ago now. I think five or six years ago. And since that time, I've come back uh, and been a sponsor. Now I'm on my fourth fourth sponsorship right now. So helping another person through the through the process, kind of walk with them, answer questions. Uh, and we'll get into that too, what a sponsor is and everything. Uh, part of it is there's free coffee and donuts usually, so that's a that's a big draw <laughs> for me. <laughs> you bring me back every Sunday. But also, it's just, uh, it isn't the same at every church, but I enjoy the process of RCIA. I enjoy talking about everything. And that's just what I like to do. I like to help people explain and understand the Catholic faith. and That's why I have my website. That's why I'm on Facebook is to try to spread the truth, beauty, and goodness that is contained in the Catholic Church.
0: I I already mentioned what RCIA is, but can you tell people... um what this really is, because I'm sure a lot of people who have gone through um, Wikipedia and online, they're going to get confused by all the, all the steps, the right. processes. It's, it's very complicated to read. Um, so, right. so explain to people first, what is RCA? Sure.
1: sure. So before uh, the Second Vatican Council, when someone wanted to become Catholic, kind of from the Middle Ages on to like the early modern age, you'd go meet with a priest and the priest would kind of give you personal ins- instructions and then bring you into the church. Sometimes that was like a week of talking to you. <laughs> Sometimes the priest was busy and he would meet with you. So it was really it was a hit or a miss uh, how well catechized you were was really a hit or a miss. And there wasn't really as much of an emphasis on really forming a person as well as in the early church. So in the early church, people would come into the church and, They had to be careful, too, because, like, in the earliest days of the church, people were trying to infiltrate them to find out who they were to then have them all killed. So they had to be kind of careful of who they let in and kind of, like, screen people. But also, you would be catechized over the course of, like, in the early, early days of the church. I'm talking, like, second, third century. Sometimes that period of catechesis would last for two or three years until a person was ready to be baptized. Because they didn't want to, it really doesn't do anyone any good, and we've seen that in the Catholic Church in the last
2: 50 years. Mm-hmm. It doesn't do anyone any good to say like, oh, okay, I want to become Catholic, sure, because I'm marrying this girl, and she wants me to become Catholic, mm-hmm. so that's yeah. what I do. You can go in, you get baptized, you don't know what's going on, you don't know what's happening, you never come to Mass, mm-hmm. and then
1: you're just a Catholic on a census form, you know, like,
2: mm-hmm. oh,
1: X I'm on a Catholic, support abortion, or support things that might go against the Church, and you say, yeah. like, well, how is that? Well, that person... There's a lot of persons that are Catholic in name only, and it doesn't really do the church any good for people to join the church if they don't know why they're joining the church or they don't know what the church believes.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So the church doesn't want to trap you, and they don't want to trick you into things. Yeah. They don't want you to sign on the dotted line, and, aha, <laughs> you, know, you know, we've caught you, that's it, you've signed, and now you sign your life away. The church is very open about what we teach. There's yeah. no secret teachings. Like There's no, like... Because you hear people say like, "Well, Catholics believe this," and they'll say, "No, we don't." Yeah, yeah, you do. Like they know better than you. (laughs) So there's no, there's no secret teachings. There's nothing that's held back. Uh, You go through the RCIA process, and everything's open and available to you. That's why it's, that's why it's been set up now this process since I think it started in like the seven. They developed it after the Vatican Council to get back to the old, the original way of doing it. A Mm -hmm. long period of catechesis, a long time of discernment. There's a lot of discernment that goes mm. on in RCIA. So you, you you discern whether you're
2: ready for the next step. And there's different periods too mm. in the process. And
3: we said, let's do this and let's
1: have it this process like the original church done because that served the church and the people of the church so much better to have this period of catechesis and to have this this process, like I said, to play out over time so that when you join and you say, "I believe and profess all of the Catholic Church teaches and proclaims to be revealed by God." Like if you stand at the altar and you say, mm. you, "You really do believe it," okay. you know, and you believe it enough to where you're willing to die for that. Yeah, you know, that's the point you want to get to. And so, like I said, it's a process, and that—that's the right of Christian initiation of adults. And it's—it's uh, it's a wonderful—it's a wonderful journey. They call it a journey all the time. And when I first went through it, I was like, oh, my. Because you tell someone, like, you've got to go through this process. You can't just raise your hand in church. You know, like, there's a lot of church You say, you want to become mm-hmm. a member of the church. Okay, raise your hand. Yeah. And it's like saying the Pledge of Allegiance in school. You know, yeah. you just, this. I hereby do say that I am now a member of this church. Okay, I don't collapse. So now you're a member of the church. Yeah. It isn't like that in the Catholic church. You know, they want you to know what we believe. Here's what we believe. Here's why we believe it. Do you believe this? Yes. Okay, come join us. You know, that's essentially what it is, but it plays out over a long period of time.
0: So before we go into the steps first, um, what is the purpose? Now, I know this, a lot of kids, especially I know a lot of teenagers know that they have to be confirmed. They have to be baptized and confirmed if they want to get married in the Catholic Church. So a lot of kids today know that they have to go through the process of confirmation and everything. But just to tell people, what is the purpose really of RCIA? Not just the fact that you want to get married to somebody, but what is the purpose of RCIA in addition to that?
1: Right, and the the, the primary purpose of RCIA is for converts to develop. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that end up going through the program because they need to be they didn't get they didn't get all their sacraments, mm-hmm. like you're saying. Yeah. And so a lot of people do go through the program to get, you know, Muslims baptized as infants.
2: Hmm. But
1: they either never received First Eucharist or they didn't receive First Eucharist and confirmation. So technically the process itself was developed and set up and it's, it's made for converts, whether baptized converts, like myself, I was baptized as a Presbyterian
2: when mm-hmm. I was an infant, okay.
1: or unbaptized converts, or so like a pagan, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> you know, people do think of paganism, but you know, if you're unbaptized, you're technically a pagan. And so... That's what it's for, but it's also used because because generally the people that are not confirmed and haven't received Eucharist are also uncatechized. Mm. So they go through the program with the converts, and you know it is beneficial to everyone. Even yeah. lifelong Catholics that go through the program as a sponsor, it's beneficial to them too. Mm. You know everyone that goes through the program benefits from it.
3: So if you got the time, and you, there is generally you know usually
1: there is adult confirmation classes to most parishes mm-hmm.
2: yeah.
1: and so you can go through that if you want but someone who's completely uncatechized like i was baptized as a baby my family never went to church now i'm 30 years old and i want to get married i need to be confirmed
0: so i can be married in the church yeah you're probably going to want to go through rcia mm-hmm. this is even if like uh, you have a 17 year old who who well, it's still technically a child, but now it's considered an adult. Even right. they would have to go through RCIA. So you have to know... Yeah, in my to, parish. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I've seen people, I think it's everyone over the age of... Uh, 16, I think, I think.
0: 12, maybe, oh. goes to the RCIA. Okay. But they have like a children's version. There is a children's
1: right, the right of Christian initiation for children, RCIC. Okay. For children. Okay. So that's anyone, I think it's 6 to... Six to twelve, maybe, mm-hmm. is for children, and anyone mm-hmm. over that age goes with
0: the adults. Okay. So, irrespective, you have to find out in your own parish, right? You have to find out what's happening in your own parish. You have to talk with the priest because there might be, like, like you said, you know, I guess somebody who's Presbyterian or a Baptist would would have some leniency. I'm not really sure, but uh, isn't it like, yeah, there, there are some segues there, I'll, and
1: yeah, there are. There's exceptions that can be made, so the RCIA program is there for the person that
2: wants to convert. It's it's actually a benefit for them. Like it isn't mm-hmm. the parish that just ships
3: you off there and puts you off,
1: you know, <laughs> puts you <on> the background. <laughs> it's actually for your benefit. Yeah. Uh, I went. I my personal journey. I went to the parish when I decided. Like I finally, you know, it took me about ten years. I finally said, "Oh, this, this is it. I'm doing it." You know. Mm-hmm. I go to the parish. That I've been going to for years off and on, and then I decided, okay, I'm gonna to go to this parish, St. Andrew the Apostle. I am going to meet with the adult faith formation uh, mm-hmm. coordinator, and I'm gonna tell her I wanna become Catholic. What do I gotta do? So I went and met with her, and she had me sit through a couple of adult confirmation classes that were in the spring, you know, because mm-hmm. RCIE generally runs with the school calendar. Okay. So it generally starts around September. September. August, September, mm-hmm. and then it runs all the way until Easter Vigil, and then it goes a little bit after that, too. Yeah. But that's where everyone's usually received in the church's Easter Vigil. Mm-hmm. And I said I said, I want to become Catholic. I've been studying this for years. I know, I mean, like, I don't need to learn about Catholicism necessarily, because I've, I was against all these different things and studied it. I worked my way around all these different
2: mm-hmm. issues.
1: You know like i know what the church teaches and now i'm willing to accept it and say i believe everything the church teaches so i'd like to become catholic she said okay come to a couple of the classes first the confirmation class so i went to them and afterwards i spoke to her i said can i skip rcia i don't want to do rcia i didn't want to sit for the nine months that it took you know mm. for me it felt like it was going to be like watching paint dry <laughs> and and it's funny now i think back on it because now i've done it for five years in a row I didn't want to do it for the first, you know, I didn't want to do my, my own trip. To it, And now I sit through it every Sunday. So it is kind of ironic. God has a sense of humor. I said, there, can I skip it? And she said, yeah, you can skip it. I said, okay. She said, but I have to ask father. I have to ask the pastor. At the time, the pastor was father John. She said, he's on vacation right now. Come back. It's okay. So I went to mass and I would just, you know, I'd sit in the back of mass. I wouldn't receive communion. And, uh, It come, that was in like June. Mm -hmm. So June comes in July. July goes into August. and I'm thinking like, wow, priests take really long vacations. (laughs) And I walked up there. I seen her one Sunday and I said, uh, her name was Kathy. I said, Kathy, uh, what's the deal? You know, like, have you heard back? Oh, no, I haven't heard back from him yet. He's very busy. I said, yeah, he's still on vacation. (laughs) Okay. So I went back and then another two weeks goes by and I'm sitting in, I'll never forget I was sitting there. And someone gets up to read a letter from the pastor. And it was a resignation letter that he had a medical emergency while on vacation. So everyone, I don't know, like if everyone thought he was on vacation or not, that's just what they were telling, mm-hmm. like parishioners, you know, mm-hmm. but he took some sort of medical emergency while, and he was entrapped in his hotel room for like 48 hours mm-hmm. and the parish office finally called the hotel. And they went knocked and The police knocked the door down and there he was laying on the floor and whatever damage it caused, he had to go to like a uh, medical rehab. He was an older priest anyway.
2: Okay.
1: So he had to resign. Couldn't be the pastor anymore.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: I said to Kathy, I said, where does this leave me? He's like now we don't even have a pastor.
2: Because mm-hmm.
1: he's the only one that can say, <laughs> yeah, you can skip RCIA. Mm-hmm. So she said, well, we got to wait from the new pastor. So the new temporary one comes in. And mm-hmm. she said, why don't you start attending CIA Because had just started.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
1: you know, we'll see. We're supposed to have a new pastor installed before Christmas, and by that time it comes around, and so then I was really like, "Gosh, you know, I just want to skip this." <laughs> I'm being forced into this situation, so I went, and the new the new pastor comes in, Father Robert, was our current pastor, and she's said, I'll ask him after the holidays. I don't know if she was just putting me off just so that I would continue through RCA, or but by the time after the holidays comes around, he's officially the pastor. He can give me this dispensation and just bring me into the church right then and there mm-hmm. if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. and she said do you want me to ask father robert i said no don't ask father robert i love <laughs> i love what i'm doing here <laughs> i'm really enjoying this like it wasn't so much that i was learning new things like you know like the dogma conception, yeah. i knew what that was but really to to see a presentation on it and then to sit in your little small group and discuss it mm. and then read different passages from these books about it and like have conversation it really did help me grow in my faith in a whole way that i never even imagined And so by that time, when I was now, I'm able to skip it. I didn't want to skip it, and I've basically been going to RCIA every Sunday since then. And that was like five years ago.
0: It's funny how God leads you to all these things, right? It is, yeah.
1: That's why I say God has a sense of humor.
0: (laughs) So you said it takes uh, it takes almost nine months. A regular RCIA would take nine months, right? As it runs from September. Yeah.
1: It's like a nine month long don't call it a program it's like a process
0: Mm -hmm. so it's
1: like this nine month long some churches have a year-round uh rci so it's constantly running every sunday Mm -hmm. Uh, my parish does it i'm in arizona and so you know july and august everything pretty much shuts down like all because a lot of people leave go out of town just get away from the heat and it goes uh like the end of August and September all the way through to Easter Vigil. And Easter Vigil is traditionally the date
2: that new people are brought into the church. Mm-hmm. So that's why it goes till Easter Vigil. Uh, but if you're going through the program
1: and you get to uh, Lent, you know, or you get to Holy Week, mm-hmm. you're just not sure, you don't have to, like, there's no point to where you pass this point and now you
2: have to become Catholic. Mm-hmm. Like, they are going to throw you in the water and sink or swim. Mm-hmm. It's...
1: You get to Holy Week and you decide like you have cold feet or for whatever reason you just you know, you can't accept certain teachings of the church and you want more time. There's some people that go through the process for, you know, two years.
2: Mm.
1: And so that can that can be you. Some people, like myself, want to circumvent the whole process and some mm. people do. I think Scott Hahn went to his priest to talk to him like two or three times and then became Catholic.
2: Mm.
1: Like he didn't even do any kind of program. Okay. But so it depends on where you're at personally, mm-hmm. but generally, it, it, the most ninety-nine percent of people that will go September to Easter vigil.
0: And it's like a discernment process, right? In the end, it's like any life-changing decision or any vocation uh, that you decide you right. you have to discern before you go. Yeah, you're.
3: I mean,
1: it's a it's a big decision. You're you're saying, like I said, you're going to stand at the foot of the altar. And you're going to say that you believe everything the church teaches without reservation you know it's not i believe this or that and
2: kind of i kind of believe in the virgin birth but it might have been allegorical
1: no. he <laughs> was born of a virgin yeah he suffered under Pontius Pilate, died buried the third day he rose again if you have a problem with anything in the creed you really shouldn't say i believe and profess mm-hmm. everything the church teaches and proclaims to be revealed by god that's you know because then you're 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 swearing to it you're you know, giving an affirmation to a lie basically mm-hmm. so you don't want to do that you don't want to do that under any circumstances especially standing at the foot of the altar in your church mm-hmm. in front of your priest like that's just not a good way to start out your new faith life uh, but it is it's a it's a lifelong decision you're making it's not
2: you're not just joining a club or you're not just taking mm-hmm.
1: this class here you know you know an elective in college
3: this is a
1: life-changing, life-altering decision that you're going to live by this new, you know, code, basically. Mm-hmm. And so you don't, so like you said, there is, there's discernment, there's discernment steps built into it all the way through. Mm-hmm. All the way through the process. And they want to make sure that this is something that you're committed to. Because it doesn't do you when you go in, it doesn't do the church. any good for you to be uh, a lukewarm Catholic. So, in a way, also, uh, it
0: it's, it speaks to the universality, right, in the sense that what you learn in America in RCI is not any different from what you're going to learn in RCI in Asia or in UK or in Australia. It's the same fundamental doctrine. It's the same catechesis. Whichever parish right. you may go to, it's the same thing, the same curriculum.
1: Yeah. Well, now the curriculum does do it. The core of it will be the same. Yeah, because it's the universal church. And it's the pause of the faith you're learning. So you're learning about scripture. You're learning about doctrines and dogmas. But even just in my parish, I've seen them change up the curriculum a few times now. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, when I went through, we read, there's a big, thick red book, it's called The U.S. Catechism for Adults. And mm-hmm. I really like it. Each chapter
2: has a, a, a saint. It's usually either an American saint or a saint that's kind of like connected to America. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of speak to you as an American. Mm-hmm.
1: And then it goes with whatever the topic is, and then it talks, it has sections from the Catechism, and it has kind of like a workbook, and it was a good way to learn details about
2: the faith. Then uh, a couple of years later, we switched it up to reading, uh, it was a book, Mm -hmm. Nothing Should
1: Be Lost, by Father Paul Scalia.
2: It was a
1: great book, Uh, and it was just kind of a book on Catholic doctrine. Okay. and we would read a chapter of that and then we would read a chapter of a book by father John Ricardo and then read a chapter of something else and that was like what we done every week mm-hmm. I did like that but I didn't like it as it wasn't as systematic I mean as like reading this
2: the other thing was more like a textbook you know so mm-hmm. we're more like we're learning from a textbook and
1: for me I like that better but you know everyone's different but yeah you're learning the same thing it's just different ways of teaching it
0: so, just to break it down to people, how does this work? I mean, what is the format, um, Sunday to Sunday, and um, what are the steps? Right.
1: So the the first uh, there's a first period, and uh, it
2: depends. It's called the the pre-catechumen mm-hmm. or a period of evangelization.
1: So during that first period, that usually runs from the beginning of uh, the beginning of the process to. Usually runs from the beginning of the process to the rite of acceptance. And the rite of acceptance is right around the beginning of Advent. Okay. So there's that, that period, and that period is just a lot of basics,
2: uh, like the Trinity, you know, the, the virgin birth, uh, what is sin, mm-hmm. you
1: know, what is grace, kind of just like the basics, the basics of
2: yeah.
1: you know, the, the foundations of Christianity in general and Catholicism in specific. And then that period lasts, like I said. Now, that period technically can last for years. For me, the, the period of the pre-catechumen and evangelization was over ten years long, because mm-hmm. from the time you start investigating things, yeah. really, you're being evangelized by the church, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, for me, it lasted a long time. For most people, it lasts three months, four months, mm-hmm. and then uh, you have the right of uh, the right of acceptance. So you're officially accepted as a, a catechumen or a candidate. So a catechumen is someone who's to be baptized at Easter Vigil. So that's someone that's unbaptized.
2: Mm -hmm. And then a candidate is someone who is baptized, that's validly baptized, and is going to convert to Catholicism. Generally, this is people from other Christian uh, faiths, so like uh, Mm -hmm. uh, like Eastern Orthodox or uh, Protestants, Evangelicals, people like that, Mm -hmm. who would come
1: in as candidates. I was a candidate. Uh, as long as you're validly baptized. a valid baptism is, you know, with water and then uh, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.
2: Mm-hmm. So really, you know, basically, that's all you need to be validly baptized. Okay. So anyone that's like uh, Unitarian wouldn't be a valid baptism because they don't believe in Trinity. Uh, Mormon baptisms are recognized, Jehovah's Witnesses, and there's like Oneness Pentecostals, they don't believe in the Trinity either. Mm-hmm.
1: So as long as it's a Trinitarian formula with water... Okay. And the church recognizes it as valid. And Saint Paul said, "There's one baptism,
2: so you don't get rebaptized." Mm-hmm. Uh and then that's the period of the
1: catechumenate. catechumenate. So that's that's probably the shortest period because that lasts from around the beginning of Advent to the beginning of Lent. Mm-hmm. And so I think generally, what is that? I think Lent starts two weeks this year. Yeah, so that's usually about two month long. It's like okay. a two-month-long period, like January and December, basically. Okay. And But before you do that, so the right of acceptance, let me back up for a second. At the right of acceptance, before you do the right of acceptance, you basically get asked, you know, do you want to continue? Mm. Is something, you know, do you feel like you've learned? Do you feel like you've grown in your faith? Do you feel like you've been in the relationship with Jesus Christ? Um, and, you know, there's these questions they ask you. When I went through it, they actually gave me, a, like, a... Uh, a test, and I said, you know, is there a pass fail on this? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like what do I gotta, what do I gotta get? And they say, Oh no, there's no, there's no grade. It's just see how you know, kind of like uh, evaluate you, mm-hmm. know, see how you're coming. Uh, now, uh, and see it's the team members that do the, the kind of the, the discernment things, not the sponsor. I'm generally a sponsor, mm-hmm. so the team members kind of discern with the, the person that's going through it. You know, you're ready for the next step. Mm-hmm uh then so the catechumenate lasts from
2: the rite of acceptance which is like the first of december around then to uh ash wednesday essentially till the rite of election Mm -hmm. the rite
1: of election usually takes place on the first sunday at lent i think it is Mm -hmm. i might be off on that a little bit but that's where so that catechumenate you get deeper into the teachings of the church the more specific things uh more on prayer life more how to pray why we pray, you know, like things like that, like how to go to confession. There's a lot more there's a lot more specifics being thrown out there now during
3: the mm-hmm. catechumenate. So the first period is like a, a foundation of Christianity. There's like really basics. Then the second period is more specifics, how to live this life as a Christian. Mm-hmm. You know, like how to pray, go to Mass, what Mass is about, all that. And the right of election happens. Uh the right of election is actually People that's
1: gonna be baptized, they write their name in a book, the book of the elect. And the the parish priest sends that book, then you take that to the cathedral, Mm -hmm. and all the people that's gonna be baptized, the Easter vigilant, the whole diocese, meet at the cathedral. Mm -hmm. And the bishop accepts the book of the elect. And this goes all the way back Mm
2: -hmm. to the
1: second century, first century. And your names are enrolled in this
2: book that they keep at the cathedral Mm -hmm. that this is the elect
1: of God who are going to be baptized. Mm-hmm. Like, You know, when you read in, uh, I think it's in uh, Revelation, Revelation, the yeah. Book of Life, the Lamb opens a book that whose names were written in the book. Mm-hmm. This goes all the way back to the earliest days of the church. Me, that's the elect, the people who's baptized. So I was a candidate. I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't a catechumen. Mm-hmm. So I go to a thing called the rite of continuing conversion. So mm-hmm. it's essentially the same thing, but you don't have your name written in the book and you know there's no right of election because you're already baptized Mm. so you're already technically in the book you know (laughs) but uh (laughs) after that is a period called the period of purification and enlightenment which pretty much corresponds to Lent so it's just Lent for RCIA Mm -hmm. and it's everything you think of as Lent is going on with the RCIA so there's a lot more prayer there's usually a couple of Saturday retreats mm-hmm. at my parish one one Saturday retreat okay. uh where it's like an all day and they talk about like the four last things you know heaven hell death, mm-hmm. heaven hell uh the judgment mm-hmm. the last judgment so
2: it really focuses on kind of like dying to self mm-hmm. our mortality uh eternity like all these like the really like you're getting really meaty subjects now Mm. during Lent, because, you know, like, the whole church is. And
1: that goes from the rite of election, which is generally the beginning of Lent, till Holy Week. And then the last period is, uh, everyone gets, well, whoever's getting baptized, the Easter Vigil gets baptized, whoever's going to confirm First Eucharist gets that, the candidates. And then after that is a period called uh, Mystagogia. And that's kind of like, that goes from, easter until pentecost and that's just okay now you're baptized now you're officially a member of the catholic church so what's next Mm. you know we don't want to just baptize people pat them on the back say good luck Mm. and push them out the door you know Mm. so this is kind of a it's a a lot of focus on the family life on the domestic church on, on uh just continuing conversion you know like so you know what do you think about all this and a lot of focus on the sacraments you know Mm -hmm. making sure people's continuing with going to mass every Sunday Mm -hmm. going to confession regularly receiving the Eucharist regularly so all the things that leads up till Pentecost Sunday and then
2: that's when it ends.
0: So just so people know I mean last year in America 40,000 people became Catholic. And that's only in the United States, so I'm not sure what the numbers are all over the world. But there are people who are who are doing this, and if you're considering doing it, you're not alone.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I think uh, every year around the world, like hundreds of thousands of people come to the church yeah. uh, on Easter vigil. Obviously, not last year because <laughs> <laughs> everything was put on pause. But uh, we actually had our uh, we actually done ours on Pentecost Sunday. Mm, so that was yeah. pretty cool. Everyone getting get confirmed on Pentecost Sunday but yes you're not alone if you're thinking about becoming Catholic and you're listening to this you're you're not you're not alone there's programs out there there's people out there that's dying to help you <laughs> get to the other side
0: and is I know this this might seem strange but is there a fee uh,
1: no it is free of cost and they usually I mean I speak from my own personal experience at my parish mm-hmm. usually it comes with a really good breakfast and coffee <laughs> as much coffee as you can drink <laughs> <laughs> so that's you know coffee, donuts, bagels, all that good stuff. Yeah, there's no charge. Uh, you get you get fed well.
2: Mm-hmm. You get
1: to talk to uh, some interesting people, and you usually get handed all kinds of free books.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So you really do come out on top.
0: Okay. <laughs> <It's a> win <win-win>. win. <laughs> and in the long run, now now that you've been you've been a Catholic for a while, you've been devoted, you've been committed. Uh, you see your spiritual journey growing. How has RCIA shaped your life?
1: When when it first started, I, like I said, I was very resistant. I didn't even want to do it. <laughs> but it was explained to me uh, by Kathy, who was the head of RCIA at the time. Uh, she explained it to me that it isn't a program so much as it's a process. So it's this journey that you're going on, and it's this deepening conversion. She said, yeah, you've, okay, you agree with all the teachings of the church. We want to deepen that. We want to, you know, fertilize that. You don't just put
2: a, you know, a seed in the ground and it just grows. Mm. You have to water it. You have to fertilize. You have to tend to it. You have to grow. I mean, Jesus Himself talks about the seeds that are sown. You know, the sower
1: that sows the seeds. Some falls on rocky soil. Some falls among thorns. Some falls on the path. Only some of the seeds fall on fertile soil. And the fertile soil does doesn't become fertile soil on its own. When like it's tilled, it's you know weeded. It's watered. So she said it's this process. She explained it to me, and I was just like, you know, uh, I knew better. I knew myself. I didn't want to do it. But looking back on it after it was over, I was actually upset that Easter was so early that year Mm because the process ended early. Easter that year came uh, in, like, towards the middle end of March.
2: Mm -hmm. And
1: I felt like I was kind of getting gypped out of a few weeks of RCIA (laughs) because it ended early. Uh, so, yeah, I was very happy. And I've I seen this change in myself. And it was subtle. Uh, the way I liken it is I know a lot about uh, people from history. I love history, mm-hmm. right? Like, I've been listening to podcasts lately about historical revolutionary figures, mm-hmm. uh, like Simone Bolivar, mm-hmm. right? So, I know a lot about Simone Bolivar. I know a lot about Maximilian Robespierre. I don't particularly like him, but I know a lot about him. I don't know him yeah. personally, yeah. right? I know a lot about Abraham Lincoln. I know facts about his life. But I don't know him. Mm. Before I went through RCA, I, I knew Jesus. I knew about Jesus, mm. right? I knew who he was. I knew where he was from. I knew what he done and why we should believe. You know, I knew a, a bullet point presentation about Jesus. Like I went on a, power, a PowerPoint slide <laughs> <laughs> presentation, you know? After the process was over, I knew Jesus. Mm. It was a whole different... Uh, it's it's uh, it's hard to explain. It's it's the difference between knowing about somebody and knowing somebody.
0: You know, mm. you can read about someone in
1: a book. You can read the Bible. You can read every book, Catholic book published. And you know, everything there is to know about Jesus Christ. Mm. But when you experience him, when you meet him... And I don't know where it was. It, I don't know when it happened. It was sometime uh, around... You know, during the period of purification and enlightenment, so around Lent, mm. the year I came into the church. It was some time in that, and it wasn't like an instant, like I didn't get knocked off my horse, like St. Mm. Paul, like, oh, oh, there he is, there he is. It wasn't like that, it was just going to Mass, and one day I was, I was there, I was kneeling during the consecration, because as a candidate, I didn't have, to, you know, they, have you ever been in a parish, that mm. the catechumens, they say, okay, they call them all together after the, the homily, and they take them out.
2: Yeah. They can't receive yeah. the Eucharist
1: anyway. So they take them out, and they, what they do is they kind of go over the gospel reading and talk about it more and everything. But the candidates generally they
2: stay. Mm-hmm. And I was kneeling there during the consecration, and I started crying. And mm-hmm. I don't cry. Mm-hmm. Like,
1: <laughs> that's not my thing. I cried at my father's funeral. Like, I can count, like, five times in the past 20 years I've cried. I cried during the consecration. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to receive the Eucharist so, so bad much. that mm-hmm. it was painful. And then it was like that for me for you know still is to the point to where if I forget to go to confession, you know, if I you know I commit mm-hmm. a moral sin and I don't go to confession, I can't it's only happened to me a
2: few times since I make sure to go on Saturday mm-hmm. if I you know know I gotta go to confession, I make sure to get there. But a couple of times I haven't been able to, and then so Sunday I couldn't receive the Eucharist, and it's like this physical pain I like mm-hmm. want to receive Jesus.
1: And so that happened some point in during Lent for me, the year I came in. And it really was a change in from knowing about him to knowing him. And once you know him, it's a whole other world. You don't, like, I didn't want to sin beforehand, So I'm going through the process and I was going to confession. I started going to confession and I didn't want to sin anymore because A, I didn't want to tell the priest that I had sinned again. You know, that was still very new to me. I didn't really care for it that much. But, and B, you know, you don't want to go to hell Mm -hmm. because that's, you know, a mortal sin. If you die in a state of mortal sin, you go to hell. So I don't want to do that either. It it changed. Now I don't want to sin. I mean I still sin. Everyone sins. Yeah. I don't want to sin because it's like a relationship with my own father. You know, like I yeah. don't want to sin because I don't wanna I don't wanna fall short in God's eye. And we all fall short of God. You know, it says that in
0: Romans. Yeah. But Jesus' grace is there and his mercy is there, and his mercy is ever flowing, as he told Saint Faustina, his mercy is there for us. And I just don't want
3: to disappoint. I guess it's like, I don't want to disappoint him. Like, you know, you don't want to disappoint your parents. That's, so before it was, I didn't want to anger this
1: kind of angry, faraway king, essentially. And now it's, I don't want to disappoint my parents. And that's, that was a change that happened to me through RCIA.
0: And I, I like that you mentioned that now that you, you, it's about knowing Jesus, right? Because I know a lot of people who are considering the process, who are who are complaining about the length of the process, who are complaining about why we have to do this and why are there so many steps, why do we need a sponsor, why do we need godparents and all of this other stuff. So it's good to remember that at the end you are getting to know the person that you're deciding to commit with for the rest of your life. Right. It's like an engagement. Yeah. Forever. <laughs> because once he has you he's not gonna let go of you
1: yeah like i said you know it doesn't do the church or you any good i mean the hardest people in the world to reach are lukewarm christians yes yeah i was a lukewarm christian and so we don't want to we don't want to create more lukewarm christians because that doesn't do them any good at all it doesn't do the church any good Mm -hmm. so that's why we want to take the time and make sure you know what you're getting
0: into one more thing that I wanted to ask was: um, Now that you've been in it long enough, what would you say to people who have have done it now? You know, they have become RCI, they finished RCI, and now they're struggling with you know being regular with their sacraments, or they're struggling with this structure because they've come from an unstructured church or they've come from a more free, free scale kind of worship atmosphere. Right. So how do you? You've stayed very consistent. How how would you advise other people to do so? One thing
1: I would say is Catholics talk all the time about the Sunday obligation. So we're obligated to go to mass on Sunday, which is true. You know, mm-hmm. Missing mass without a good reason is a mortal sin. But we really need to reframe that and see it as this opportunity that we get to go. We have this opportunity. And now I think the coronavirus, you know, once people's not, not scared to come <laughs> out anymore, you know, like people kind going start coming out again. But I think the coronavirus has put a lot of that into perspective mm. that we take a lot for granted. Yeah. You know, we have this opportunity to go to Mass on Sunday. And we live in a country, you know, that we can do that. A lot of people around the world can't do yeah, that. Yeah. And we have this opportunity that the Mass is this beautiful I don't know, did you ever see that uh, there's a new film now called the, the Veil Removed? No, no. It's only about five minutes long, and it's kind of like, if you could see with spiritual eyes what's happening in a mass, so like mm. the priest is called, you know, celebrating mass, and there's angels around them, there's like a cloud of saints above them, it's amazing. Mm. And that's what I always imagined is happening at mass while you're there, and it was like someone artistically put it together in <laughs> <at> my <laughs> imagination. But, we have this opportunity to go be there with all the angels and
2: saints, same,
1: same. you know, singing the unending hymn of praise, glory, glory, glory. That's real. And we get to participate in that. And now I think a lot of people's eyes have been open with this, you know, COVID that churches were closed. You couldn't do that.
2: Yeah.
1: The things are all kind of opening back up in different parts of the country more than others. But now that it's open and back up and you can do it, go do it, you know, seek the Lord while he may be found.
2: You know, yeah. call on him
1: while he is near it says in like the Old Testament
2: yeah.
1: it isn't that God's ever going to be away from you but sometimes you move away from God
2: yeah.
1: you know so stay close to God that's what uh, I think it's Chris bear he's a uh, radio host he would always say at the end of his show if you're further away from God than you used to be think about it who moved you or God mm. right yeah. God's unchanging God's unmoving God's the same yesterday today and forever. Yeah. So if you're not as close to him as you used to be, you are the one that moved away. Mm. Get back. <laughs> Get back on that path. Get back in relationship with him. He's always there. Like the, you know, the father from the prodigal son, he's there waiting with open arms mm. for you. All you have to do is turn back to him. He's ready he's to embrace you.
0: Okay. you just got to turn back to him. So any last bits of advice for people considering RCIA? Any, any encouraging yeah, push? Don't.
1: Don't put it off for 10 years like I did. (laughs) Uh, Don't do that. Uh, Don't dread it as if it's some sort of, you know, and, you know, I'm speaking from personal experience, and my parish happens to be amazing. I love my parish. Some, you know, experiences may vary. What do they say in the drug commercials? You know, experiences may vary. (laughs) So, you know, you might have some parishes, and that's okay. Some parishes might not be that great with our you can go, you don't have to go to your geographical parish. Mm. So like, if you're in a small town, like if you're in Hackensack, New Jersey, and the parish you're going to is terrible, you can drive to like Clifton, you know, you can drive to another town. Mm. You don't have to go to that parish. So find a good parish. Find one for you. Ask them about joining RCIA. It might be kind of late now, uh, this year. Mm. Generally, they want you to join before Advent. Uh, but you would always even just go and just start going to the, the classes and, and, uh, just kind of follow the people through. Like, you can join them right now and you're just not going to be able to receive this to the sacraments at Easter, mm-hmm. probably. But you could still sit in on the classes and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, nothing's a secret.
2: Yeah.
1: Everything's out in the open. Uh, I would encourage people to do it, uh, to call your parish, like, right away. Get in. The devil is real devil's out there roaming about you know back and forth like an alliance seeking remade of our and he wants to keep you away yeah that's like his primary that's his prime directive is keep people away from the church because the church is you know christ extended into the world
2: Mm -hmm. keep
1: you away from the church keeps you away from the sacraments keeps you away from receiving grace keeps you away from heaven right so that's what the devil's primary goal is and if you're having like drawbacks and things, and a lot of it might be your own personal you know, anxiety about doing things, but a lot of it might be spiritual too. So you got to yeah. pray about that and resist the devil and he will flee. It also says in the Bible. So pray about it, resist the devil, and become Catholic.
2: Okay.
0: Well, so... <laughs> that's, what I was, that's
1: what I recommend to everyone.
0: <laughs> that's a very good endorsement. And uh, just 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 to encourage people, Charles has also done another um, episode uh, with us on Lent. And uh, for those who are now looking forward to Lent and how to prepare and what to do and and all those things, you can check out another uh, one of our other some of our earlier episodes that Charles did with us on yeah, Lent. Was our first episode together. Yeah, yeah. So check that one out for those preparing for Lent. And uh, Charles, let people know where they can find you online and um, wherever you are on the internet.
1: Yeah, you can find me on nowthatimcatholic.com and uh, I actually recently published uh, an article very recently, like two weeks ago, on RCIA. So you can check that out Uh, and it goes through the whole process, kind of explains everything for you.
2: Okay.
1: Uh, And uh, also on Facebook, uh, just, you know, from the From search bar
3: now on Catholic.com and I'll be on Twitter until tell me I'm no longer
1: welcome so <laughs>
2: who knows so
1: it I be know. sooner than, rather than later
0: I know I know it's 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 looking very likely
3: yeah
0: okay Chan. so thank you so much for talking to us about our CIA and telling people all about this process and uh, we hope to have you back soon thank you yeah thank you very much for having me